Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome to College Football Pod Talk. This is your co-host, Easton. And Josh. Remember, you can always email us at collegefootballpodtalk at gmail.com for your input as well. So, Easton, let's let's just go ahead and start out with your Cougs. They had a great game this weekend. Tell us a little bit what happened. Well, our 14th-ranked Cougs played Stanford, number 24, and we pulled out a win. It was awesome. We pulled out a good win, 41-23, in the battle for the North. Our Cougs did pull behind 28-14 in the late first half before the Cougs drove down the field for a field goal before the first half. Uh, so we started off kind of slow, which made me kind of nervous, but uh, we did end up picking it up and gained some momentum into the half. Gardner Minshew pretty much was lights out the second half and completed his first 19 passes. So it was, it was a nice game for us, man. Do you know what I liked about this game? Is y'all had a little bit of struggle in the first half. Mike Leach kind of takes over calls a timeout, has the whole team meet in the 50-yard line. Like, that's, a, that's not a typical timeout to have your entire team meet at the 50-yard line. I like that Leach does some crazy things like this. Yeah, it was pretty interesting to see that uh, Leach did that. You know, he took initiative and brought the team together because we did start off slow, and it made me nervous because, you know, this was the time to really show up and prove that we should be a ranked team. And we did really well in the second half, and I think those adjustments helped us. Yeah, Leach, Leach just has his moments of brilliance, and, and this year has been a moment of brilliance for Leach so far, especially after you guys had the offseason you had, the passing of, of your soon-to-be starting quarterback, having to bring in a quarterback last second. Uh, it's been a really crazy season for the Cougs. Yeah, it's much better than you know I expected, honestly. you know I didn't know much about Minshew before he came in. I knew he was a graduate transfer and that he potentially was going to go to Bama. I think that was the most exciting thing about him. Uh, but he it, it worked out for us. So just for him being a first-year quarterback and the way the team is playing right now, it's really awesome to see. Uh, but moving on with the game, you know, Stanford, they, they look very depleted. They look, they look like a passing team. Bryce Love, uh, he was in the game, but he, you could tell he wasn't 100% at all. Um, but moving forward with the, with the game, uh, KJ Costello, he found a star wide receiver, white side, 10 times for 111 yards and two touchdowns. They really like to use that tight end. So their tight end, Caden Smith, had nine receptions for 112 yards and a touchdown. Uh, the Cougs, Minshew, played really well, 40 for 50, 438 yards and three touchdowns. And our big wide receiver, Patman, had 127 yards off 10 receptions. Our running game was so-so. We didn't run that much. James Williams had two uh, touchdowns. So a, a complete game for us. We finished. That's one thing I like to see is that we ended up finishing a game. So they left us too much time on the clock also with a minute 28, fourth quarter, and you know how our offense is. We're fast, so we ended up driving it down the field and getting that game-winning uh, field goal. Yeah, that was a great victory for the Cougs. There's nothing else to say about the Cougs, I guess. Y'all y'all are dominating in terms. Um, so how'd, how'd your rival do this week? Not so well. They actually were visiting Cal. Uh, UW is ranked 15. Uh, but they were stunned by Cal 12-10 to at Berkeley. Uh, Cal didn't even score an offensive touchdown and still beat the Huskies, who just didn't show up. Cal's only touchdown did come in the third quarter when their starting QB, Jake Browning, was actually pulled from the game, and their backup, Jake Hayner, threw a pick six in his second attempt of the game. So, not a good game for the Huskies. This is very opposite of the Leach move, which I really like uh, Chris Peterson. Uh, but he pulled his starting quarterback to try to maybe get his starting quarterback some motivation, and the backup throws the pick six. Um, 
I would think of Chris Peterson as, you know, a top coach in, in college football, and he made a bad move there. But it's easy to look back on it and call it a bad move. Yeah, it's it's. I was honestly surprised because, you know, Browning is their guy. And I think they don't want to put all that pressure on him and put him on the spot. And that's why I think they generally have the pieces around him to take the pressure off of him. And I was surprised that Peterson actually pulled him from the game during that time because it was a substantial time in the game and it obviously cost them the game in the long haul. So the Huskies looked very depleted. They didn't have Gaskin for their second game and their running game wasn't there. I think Cal just showed up motivated and it was it was a surprising game to see. Justin Wilcox has has that uh, Cal team playing football. Yeah, they're 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 changing that program around. They've they've had a few down years, but uh, this coach is changing those program around a I lot. I like I like defensive hires for that scenario where they can come in, change the defensive side of the ball. I feel like the offense will eventually get there. Uh, Cal could be a could be a tough out in the future. Yeah, Browning did end up coming back into the game. He looked a little bit better, had a little fire under him, went 11 for 12 uh, for 148 yards after he was uh, brought back brought back into the game. So, yeah, pretty interesting week in the Pac-12, honestly. Uh, we had another surprising game. Arizona put a smacking on number 19, Oregon. It was 44 to 15. It was... Did you did you see that coming? Man, I this this Oregon team it looks like they they hit a real struggle. Uh, couldn't stop the run. JJ Taylor had 212 yards and two TDs. Khalil Tate uh, put another three TDs on the board for Arizona. Arizona just smashed Oregon. Yeah, you could tell the difference when Khalil Tate's back in the game. He did miss a game last week, like you said, because of his ankle injury. But uh, they could the the Oregon defense they they looked very depleted. It, they looked really really bad. Well, the, then this Oregon run game, where was it at? You know, it's bad if if uh, the Oregon quarterback is the leading rusher on this team. This team's not built like that anymore. Yeah, Justin Herbert, he's looked flat these past two games. Looked pretty suspect, just going 24 for 48, 186 yards and two touchdowns and an early interception. So, and they only had he was their leading rusher with 31 rushing yards. So Oregon. <laughs> just look bad yeah Oregon Oregon needs to find themselves and uh, play a little better football if they want to win yeah and that third upset we had in the Pac-12 was Colorado getting upset in the home their homecoming game 41 to 34 versus Oregon State it was pretty embarrassing for a game that Colorado was actually up 31 to 3 in the second half I this Oregon State I you know they're kind of the bottom of the Pac-12 for Colorado to lose this game is incredible yeah it's it's making our Pac-12 just look really bad and we're not consistent with these games and Colorado's they started off 5 and 0 so those games are looking less 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 and less credible I will say Colorado started the season with arguably one of the easier schedules so maybe they're falling down to earth yeah uh, but for them to lose to an Oregon State team, that's like, a, you know, they fell through the crust of the earth. And yeah. Who knows well, that's where three they conference games, so it's either you know they the skill level wasn't there for those first five games, or they're playing not playing to competition. So either way, not looking good for the Pac-12. So let's go on to the the Big Twelve: Oklahoma State versus Texas. We said it. Yeah, uh, Oklahoma State doesn't typically lose three in a row, and they didn't. Uh, they beat Texas thirty-eight to thirty-five. Oklahoma State's quarterback Cornelius, what's what's his name? Corn dog. 
Corn Dog is yeah. a nickname. That's Taylor Corn Dog Cornelius. That's a weird nickname. <laughs> he came through with uh, three passing touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns. You know, Oklahoma State really put it on this Texas team. It's actually Oklahoma State's homecoming game, and they fought through and got the victory against Texas. It came out strong. Oklahoma State's wide receiver Tylen Wallace added 10 receptions for 222 yards and two touchdowns. And uh, Texas just looks slow to start. You know, their starting quarterback came back from his shoulder injury and started off really slow, went 5 for 15 for 108 yards in the first half. But then he actually warmed up uh, second half going 17 for 27 and 175 yards with two touchdowns and then actually rushed for two touchdowns. It was a competitive game, slinging the ball back and forth. It was, it was so competitive. We almost got a, a fight, a UFC fight at the end between the two coaches. Oh, yeah. Uh, Tom Herman was uh, pretty aggressive. A little heated. It was a a little misunderstanding in the end, Um, but it it was kind of funny for the last 10 seconds of the game to see uh, Tom Herman uh, go out there screaming. Yeah, Oklahoma State, I think the big difference was them playing extremely aggressive. They actually went for it on fourth and one two times, and both those times they ended up scoring touchdowns. So obviously those were game changers and uh, dictated their win. Just incredible, incredible victory for Oklahoma State. Yeah, good for them. So let's go to the Big Ten where we got our first game marked as Iowa and Penn State. Iowa lost this one 24-30. Iowa had their chances to pull out this victory, though. Sure did. There's two drives, the two last drives Iowa had, and they could have scored a touchdown. First drive, Iowa was trying to change the play at the line of scrimmage. The Iowa State quarterback, Nate Stanley, was trying to kill the play to change it. Oh, yeah, I remember that. And time was expiring. He probably should have called a timeout. He didn't call a timeout. The wide receiver didn't get on the same terms. Miscommunication, yeah. And there was a pick. Yeah, and that that, that makes all the difference. A time like that, you know, with the experience, you you need to call that timeout. It may not be the right move, you may think, right at that moment, but it's definitely the smarter move instead well, of throwing a turnover, you know. So. And this is one of those cases where it's easy to look back on it once again. But exactly. They, they yeah. had three timeouts. that They were at the four-yard line. Call the timeout. Get your play set up. Get the touchdown. Then you get you take the lead at that point. Yeah, but, you know, those guys, you know, some guys want to be the hero sometimes. And at the second hurts. drive, Iowa... Uh, just kind of ran out of time. So. How does Penn State always get away with these wins? That's what I don't get. You know, they they end up finishing strong in one way or another. Yeah, and, and Penn State needs to work on their game, though. Yeah. Um, you know, Trace McShirley, the do-it-all Trace, he led the team with rushing with 63 yards. He had 167 yards passing with the TD. He had a rushing touch, touchdown. Trace needs some help. Uh, he did have to leave the game with a little injury. Mm, yeah. uh, he was able to come back, but Penn State, you know, moving forward has to figure out they need some more playmakers. You know, Penn State, once they lost to Ohio State, their season almost deflated 100%. Yeah, one man can't carry that team. You know, the quarterback, he already has a lot of pressure on him. And, you know, Trace is a, one of those players who loves that competition and likes the pressure, you know, but he can't do everything and he needs the help. Receivers aren't getting open for him. That doesn't help him, and he has to scramble and potentially eventually gets hurt, you know. So that that doesn't help Penn State at all. And then we have another upset in the Big Big Ten where Wisconsin lost to Northwestern 17-31. to uh, Wisconsin was out their, their starting quarterback, Alex Horningbreck, who was out with the concussion protocol. And then Jonathan Taylor 
just couldn't get it going. He had two fumbles. Um, Wisconsin turned the ball over three times, which led to 17 points for Northwestern. Not to say Northwestern crushed it, but Northwestern did enough. Uh, the running back, Isaiah Bowser, had 117 yards with the TD. Now Northwestern has the rights uh, for the Big Big Ten West. If they if they continue to win, they'll be in that Big Ten championship. Yeah, Jonathan Taylor, he's he's losing NFL stock game by game with these fumbles, man. I think he led with twenty previous fumbles. Uh, so you know that's one of the things you that's on the scouting report for each team moving forward. He has to keep that ball high and tight. And when you got two fumbles, especially when your quarter starting quarterbacks out, that's when you have to take over the game. That's where he didn't. That's going to hurt him in the future. And guys are going to continuously look for him to fumble moving forward, and they're going to be poking for that ball. So which. Which I need to do a little more research, but I'm I'm wondering if Jonathan Taylor might have been a little hurt or something. He was he wasn't even the leading rusher for Wisconsin in this game. Yeah, yeah, it should, it has to be something because you know the way he was playing last year and early this year, he he doesn't look like the same running back. So no. I think he, he you could be right. He might be pushing through something. There's there's something that seems a little off in his game right now. So let's let's go on to the ACC. Yeah, with the first ACC game we got was Miami versus Boston College. Boston was just too much to handle for the Miami team and uh, in the annual Red Bandana Bowl. And Boston College came out strong. AJ Dillon is back, man. AJ Dillon, I like I like me some AJ Dillon. Yeah, he he played really well. Had 149 rushing yards on 32 carries. Anthony Brown, their quarterback, threw for one touchdown and rushed for one. Miami, the the quarterback. I, he's really struggling, Malik Rozier. I don't. He's very inconsistent. Uh, uh, you know, Miami's offense this year has just struggled. They had such high expectations to start the season, uh, and this Miami offense just can't put it together. Malik Rozier. He had 149 passing yards and a touchdown, but two interceptions, and those interceptions hurt. You know, especially when teams take advantage of those and you know score points off that. So. I just. I just think it's funny because this Miami team kind of make the turnover chain famous, but it seems like they're, they're turning <laughs> more. Yeah, they need to be giving it teams. to the other team. Yeah, it's that's that's definitely right. If you want to, if you want to have that swag, you need to back it up. So I, you know, it's just just one of those comical points. It's like because the, they made such a big deal over the turnover chain last year, and this year they're still they're still getting the turnover chain. You'll see Miami team with it. But they turn the ball over just as much. They need to take care of the ball. Yeah, definitely. If you're gonna have something that that you know a chain worth that much money, you know you got to be able to back it up with that offense and actually yep. hold on to the ball. I agree. Our second uh, game in the ACC was Syracuse going against number 22 NC State. Dino Babers turned this team around, and Syracuse became bowl eligible by beating number 22 NC State 51-41. Uh, Syracuse quarterback Eric Dungy went 27 for 38 for 411 yards. This uh, Syracuse team, man, they're looking good. Syracuse is one of those tricky teams, can always pull out victories. They got a stingy defense, and, you know, just they know how to play. Yeah, Ryan Finley, he still played well on the other side for NC State, the starting quarterback. He went 26 for 44 for 473 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, their stud wide receiver, Kelvin Harmon, a career high, 247 yards and two touchdowns. This was a big game and uh, a lot of highlights if you like highlights in games because uh, a, lot, a lot of touchdowns back and forth. Well, NC State also, they made this a game after the first quarter. NC State was down 24-7. to 
So NC State, you know, got a comeback on the second and made it a ball game, but just didn't have enough. Yeah, the biggest difference was NC State, them converting on third down, which they actually led the ACC and just went three for 11 on third down, which honestly made the difference in this game. So let's go to the the big time. I mean, the SEC. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) So so we got Florida and Georgia. And and if y'all didn't watch this game, just looking at the stands alone, it was pretty incredible where you see half half the stadium all dressed in red and the other half dressed in blue. Stadium completely packed. Yeah, just, that was just awesome to incredible see. Incredible sight to see. Uh, Fromm came through in this game with three TDs, 240 yards, um, and Florida just couldn't handle it. They turned the ball over three times. Is is you know. Florida doesn't typically do that, but they just couldn't hang on to the ball in this game. Yeah, Felipe Franks, he didn't do very well. He looked kind of sloppy out there. And yeah, Florida game that I definitely, a Florida team that I thought was going to compete and bring their A game versus Georgia, but Georgia looked strong on both ends of the, on the, and Fromm brought his, brought his game too. I think, you know, the past few weeks when people were on his head about him not playing so well, I think he came back with a vengeance and shut the Georgia crowd up. Yeah, they they took they took that loss to LSU in stride, and they just came back running. Uh, Nick Swift broke broke a hundred yards. That Georgia team just had it going. Yeah, it was a good game to watch, but in the, in the start, excuse me, but yeah, Georgia's looking strong, and they're they're going to be a good contender for that SEC. Yep, Georgia is now now in the uh, the top spot for the SEC East with along with Kentucky, and they they play each other next week. So we'll see. That'll be a big game for them both these teams next week. So let's go on to Texas A and M and Mississippi State. All I gotta say is Nick Fitzgerald showed up. Played himself a game, 241 passing yards, two TDs, 88 rushing yards with two TDs. This is the Nick Fitzgerald that we thought we might see all year in this dominating victory over Texas A&M. Yeah, this was the early Fitzgerald I was looking for. He he was killing it. You know, he was he was actually able to throw the ball this game. He looked really well because uh, he he's been a running back these past few weeks, but he's been dominating. I think AM was surprised that they had such a successful pass game, which was unheard of from this Mississippi State offense. After Fitz threw the, those four interceptions last week, like you said, versus LSU, he turned his game around 14 for 22, 241 yards, and two touchdowns, man. It was awesome. Well, Mississippi State defense is just incredible. Um, if this offense would have been playing like they played this game all year, this would have been a tough out for any team. Yeah, Travion Williams for Texas A&M, he was held in check. He only had 26 rushing yards on the ground, and he was strong these past few weeks, but he was definitely held in check. It was it was interesting to see. Watch out for this Mississippi State team moving forward. They're, they're going to be a tough, tough out for anybody who has to play them. Yeah. What about number 12, Kentucky versus Missouri? How'd that go? Oh, my gosh, this game. Uh, Kentucky, as we've stated all season, couldn't can't really move the ball in the offense. They didn't they they weren't didn't have a great offensive game again. Uh, but Kentucky pulled it out on the last second play. Uh, there was a pass interference call on Missouri, which gave Kentucky one more huge, untimed play. Huge. And Kentucky put it in the end zone to get the win, fifteen to fourteen. Just incredible. 
Yeah, this was one of the better games in the SEC, and you know it's it's funny that we say that you know Kentucky versus Missouri a better game in the SEC, but it was it was an awesome game to watch. You know that it came down to the last play, and you always say it's a game of inches, and it really was. Well, our 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 boy Snail didn't really have himself a game. He only had sixty seven rushing yards, but this Kentucky team as a whole they need they need to find themselves and play better offense. Yeah, the way they've been playing earlier in the season, you know, the defense, they relied on that defense and Snell, but, you know, people are starting to figure out Snell. They got footage on him, so they have to be more versatile and have other threats moving forward if they want to keep winning their games. So we'll go non-Big Five um, conferences, and the only game we marked was USF versus Houston, and Houston just took it to them. Uh, they won the game 57-36. to De'Eric King, seven total touchdowns, 419 yards in the air with five touchdowns. Balled out. 134 yards on the ground with two touchdowns. Houston's now 7-1, and one, and they'll probably be in the top 25 this coming week. Yeah, and Ed Oliver didn't even play in the game. Nope, Ed Oliver. <laughs> this is first first time he had to sit out in his career, and it was, he was out with a bruised knees. Bruised knee. Uh, you know, but this Houston team just knows how to put points on the board. Yeah, I think that was the time for everybody else to step it up, and Derek King really did on the offensive side. You know, the defense is always the strong part, but boy, he he put up some numbers, and yeah, he was a stud. Video game esque. Yeah, yeah, it's nice when you get you, you're a dual threat. You know, you don't just rely on that pass. When the pass isn't there, you can use your legs. So yeah, it was cool to see. He's tearing it up. So about these players of the week, who you got? Uh, I'm going to start out with Georgia Tech's backup quarterback, Tobias Oliver. Uh, so Georgia Tech is predominantly a triple triple option team, so they're going to be running the ball a lot. He finished the game with zero passing yards, but he had 40 rushes and 215 yards on the ground with three touchdowns to lead a Georgia Tech team to a 49-28 victory over Virginia Tech. Cool. Kid, kid was running the ball all over the place. That's awesome. I got another player of the week. With with Houston's quarterback, uh, Derek King, uh, but you know we heard his stats: seven TDs, 419 passing yards with five touchdowns, 130 y- yards rushing with two TDs. He's just tearing it up. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I got two uh, players of the week. Also, let's start off with defense. Kentucky's linebacker Josh Allen had 11 tackles, two sacks, and two forced fumbles versus Missouri's. Uh, the win versus Missouri that we were just talking about. Hell of a game. He's a stud. He knows how to play some defense. Yeah, definitely. And a cool story uh, for my second guy, running back Matt Colburn. Uh, he had 20 rushes, 243 yards, and three touchdowns for Wake Forest. And he did this against Louisville, which was a team he was recruited uh, for in high school. And they actually pulled his scholarship uh, four days before signing day, and so he ends up signing with Wake Forest, and he plays, puts up these video game numbers versus a Louisville team that uh, potentially could have had him. So it's pretty awesome story for that. Stories like this are all another part of college football that make it great. I mean, I hate that the kid's scholarship got pulled like that with that close to signing day, but for him to come out and show up and show out against that team. That's incredible. Oh, just a little extra motivation, and that's really cool. You know, that that only brings a little extra fuel to the fire for that game, and that's awesome to see that he uh, had had a good game versus a team like that. I so. really, I really like to hear that. So let's go week ten matchups. Who are you paying attention to in the Pac twelve? 
Well, there's only two really good games that I could think of. It's Washington State versus uh, Cal. They're coming into town. I think this should be an easy win for my Cougs. But watch, watch out! They just beat they just beat Washington. They're riding high. Well, we're not the Huskies. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, the other game of the week we had for the Pac-12 was Stanford versus UW. This should be an interesting game. It should be a close one. Um, we'll see if we have a healthy Bryce Love. If he's healthy, it should be a Tough game for Washington. Who who you pulling for in that game? I know that's it's a tight matchup. <laughs> they're you know they're both in your division. I mean, Stanford needs the loss, but I don't mind seeing the Huskies lose also. So <laughs> could they both lose? <laughs> how do, how does that happen? I don't yeah. know. Moving forward to the Big Twelve, what we got in there? We got Oklahoma versus Texas Tech. Uh, you know, I just want to watch Kyler Murray play some more football. Yeah, this kid's incredible. He knows how to. He knows how to sling it. He'll run it. Just he's he makes college football look too easy. Yeah, and that's the thing about him. You know, we're gonna we're gonna miss him when he's out of college playing for, uh, either baseball or football because obviously he won't be doing that in the NFL. But it's really awesome to see such a talented athlete on that football field, make it look so easy. So it should be a cool game to watch if, if you're interested in a video game like players. <laughs> I agree. The highlight of the Big 12 would probably definitely have to be West Virginia versus Texas. Texas just had that big loss against Oklahoma State, so they want to keep it going versus West Virginia. This has ties to the Big 12 championship. All three, Oklahoma, West Virginia, and Texas, all have one loss in the Big 12 right now. Uh, and just if you don't know the Big 12, everybody plays everybody, and then top two teams play in the Big 12 championship. Yeah, I wonder if uh, Texas is going to bounce back from this loss, or if uh, West Virginia is going to bring their A game with uh, Will Greer. Or... We know we know West Virginia will put points on the board. Can Texas keep up with them? Yeah, yeah, that should be fun. That should be a fun game. Who we got in the Big Big Ten? Big Ten games, we got uh, Penn State versus Michigan. This should be a fun one uh, if Penn State brings their A game. If they play a sloppy game versus Michigan, it won't be close at all. That Michigan defense is going to show up. They've showed up all year. Um, let's see if that Penn State offense can do anything. Trace, yeah, they're going to have Trace's number. Trace, <laughs> I, Trace, good luck, man. You're going to have to ball out. Yeah. Another game we have on here uh, – in- I personally think it could be an upset alert. Notre Dame versus Northwestern. Northwestern's looking high and uh, mighty right now, and uh, they can bring down a Notre Dame team who's played some sloppy games this year, so it, it could go either way. If, if Notre Dame doesn't play strong to start, this could be a, a close game. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I don't know if I'd necessarily put Notre Dame on too hard of an upset alert, but you know anything can happen any week as we've seen we've we've exactly. had some big upsets this year so so I, and that's what i like to see is some upsets anyways. yeah definitely get our coons moving up <laughs> <laughs> so acc we're going to pull out a duke and miami game both teams are 5 and 3 fighting for bowl eligibility in this game you know i really hope david cutcliffe pulls it out just cuz i enjoy david cutcliffe yeah duke duke's been started off really strong and then started to struggle uh, and Miami's here and there, you know, so it should be interesting to see if it's going to be a competitive game. And like you said, they're both fighting for bowl eligibility, so it, it should be fun. Uh, let's talk about that SEC, what we got down there. The man's league. We got South Carolina versus Ole Miss, uh, you know, just throwing in my Ole Miss Rebels. We'll see how they produce against this SEC or the South Carolina team. Uh, 
Georgia and Kentucky. This is a big one, though. This is they're fighting for the SEC East, like I said earlier. Both teams are seven and one, and the winner is going to be leading the SEC East and have the road to the championship in their grips. Do you think it's going to be a competitive game? I think Georgia's probably going to dominate. Yeah, yeah, I think I don't. Kentucky's new. They're new, they're new to winning, and Georgia they got smart. So uh, Kirby Smart's gonna Georgia, he got experience. <laughs> Georgia has a defense, and Kentucky seems to have trouble moving the ball already. And I mean, maybe they'll show up, but this Kentucky offense just struggles too much. Yeah. So I also got a, another game: Texas A&M versus Auburn. See if Texas A&M can get a bounce back victory after losing to Mississippi State. And see if Auburn can keep it rolling. Um, you know, Auburn beat Ole Miss a few weeks ago, and I'm not happy about. But we'll see if Auburn can keep it rolling. Yeah, is Auburn going to come back and uh, bring bring everything <laughs> together, or are they going to keep falling apart? Because we've seen both sides this year, so it should it should be interesting. Our non-Big Five game we got is Temple versus UCF. Uh, this should be a this should be a good game. If you recall, Temple already beat an undefeated team in Cincinnati. Uh, can they do it again with UCF? Do you think it would be a good game? I I hope it's a good game. I'm I would if I'm a betting man, I'm betting on UCF just because they're undefeated for over 20 games now. Yeah. Uh, looking back into last season as well, so UCF. Eventually, they're going to lose, though. To yeah, somebody. they know how to finish, and I I think that's one thing that's going to help them is they even in close games they've learned how to finish games. Uh, one thing we should definitely talk about real quick is a uh, top Heisman candidates. Uh, I'm just going to go off and start it off with uh, Gardner Minshew. Man, he leads the nation <laughs> in passing. You you laugh, but I'm serious. He's I, leading the nation in passing. How how could he not be one of the top Heisman candidates? We're seven and one. What? I get How can it. you argue it? I get it. I get it. I just think there's there's two guys at the quarterback position that have the numbers that would that are better than than Gardner. And who's that? Kyler Murray and Tua of Alabama. Because they're dual threat quarterbacks. We're talking about passing I'm just, quarterbacks, and I'm, we're talking. Well, I'm I guess they do have winning winning. Uh, and. And they don't even play full games. Tua doesn't play full games. I'm just saying. I mean, it will come down to it. You know, it's it's a battle. It's a <laughs> <laughs> neither one of us is going to win this argument now. Neither, yeah. Neither one of us get a vote. Either. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. But I, I just think he should be in contention just simply because he's been doing so well. And you know, I I think Washington State doesn't get the credit they deserve. Hey, uh, as since we're going off questions, so. The college football uh, rankings come out this this Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Who you got in your top four right now? Whew, okay. Alabama, obviously. I got Michigan. I have, okay, this is where it gets tough, Notre Dame. And I'll slide in a UCF. Ooh, you're leaving Clemson out, huh? Yeah. That's, that's a big call. They're they're wishy washy. They're they're the games have been too close, and I don't know. Yeah, that's that's a big call. I I like it though. What about you? I'm I'm I don't think I can put UCF in there as much as I kind of want to. I I don't know if I can. Um, so I give them respect. I think I'd have to go Bama. Uh, let's let's put Notre Dame in there as they're undefeated, and this is not in any order. Uh, put in a put in Clemson, and then. I'm going to have to put in uh, 
it's between Georgia and Oklahoma, and let's go, let's go Oklahoma, just because I I foresee Georgia losing in the SEC championship. Those are safe answers. <laughs> <laughs> Those are safe answers. I, I just, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. Watching Kyler Murray play against any of those teams would be a great, would be a fun game to watch. Yeah, so I ain't gonna argue that's that. That's why I put Oklahoma in there. Yeah. All right, that that's it for this week. Uh, we want y'all to get at us at collegefootballpodtalk at gmail.com. Yeah, make sure you send us our, your questions, concerns, comments, and uh, appreciate you listening. Make, make fun of Easton's picks. <laughs> but yeah, thank you for listening, and you guys have a good one. Peace. We're out.